Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Establish a breaking ball. Swing and a drive, right center field toward the alley deep, and that ball is going to be off the top of the wall. Is it a home run? It's a home run for Rafael Ortega. It hit the top of the wall. It's about a 20-foot barrier out there in right center. It looked like it landed in the first row and then jumped back onto the field of play. It has ruled a home run, and the Cubs lead one to nothing on a leadoff homer by Rafael Ortega. I am really enjoying... Rafael Ortega. It's true. And I'm sorry to my showmates at Parkinson Spiegel here uh, during the week um, that there is music underneath that, so it's not clean, and you can't just grab it and overplay it. Like when I said I was really excited about getting about watching Zach Davies pitch at the beginning of the year. But you know what? We'll try it again. Try it again. I turn the music off. Say it again. Get a clean one for no, Taney. No, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. Uh, it's all right. I can't, I can't do that for them. Can't give that for them. Have to work a little harder. Look, Zach Davies was really good last night. By the way, <laughs> you thought I was going to do it? You killed the music real fast. Maybe oh, it just ran out. I was just done. Yeah, it was just done. It was just finishing. Uh, good morning, everybody. It is Matt Spiegel here on Hit and Run on six seventy The Score. I am uh, with you up until Cubs pregame, which comes your way pretty close to the bottom of the hour. As a matter of fact. Um, but, uh, in the meantime, we've talked a ton of white Sox, and we can do so a little bit more. If you want to hop in on anything, including Hendricks and Kimbrell, uh, Dylan cease yesterday, Eloy in the outfield, Garrett crochet, looking filthy and just overall the vibe around games like white Sox Yankees on the South side, white Sox A's coming up next week. And the Field of Dreams game, which was so spectacular and incredible to watch. Any of that stuff regarding the White Sox, if you want to hop in and talk about, you certainly can. At 312-644-6767. Had some callers on hold before we did our segment with young Jack McMullen about the Cubs prospects. And if you want to hop back in, now is a fine time to do so. But I also want to talk with you, the Cub fan, about what you are watching, if you're watching or what you are reading as you're reading the box scores. Although, man, I don't know. There's a bunch of Cub fans out there who just have not checked in with the big league team in a while. They've kind of fallen 
uh, off in terms of attention. They have struggled, and it's understandable. They've just had to step away for a little while. And I wonder if that's you, how you're processing all of that. Because I know it's weird. It's just in my house alone. My, my lovely, fiery, meatball Cub fan wife doesn't even ask me, the, uh, the Cubs on? What are they doing? What are they doing? She's, 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 uh, she's having trouble. Having trouble staying emotionally connected. And I understand. So you know what she's missing? I'll, oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what she's missing. She's missing when Frank Schwindel has been dominant. And he has been. Frank Schwindel is just, he's on fire right now, Frank the Tank. Maybe he doesn't like the tank. It's possible. But, you know, there's guys that, that we need to talk about. Guys that we need to figure out if they're going to be here or not. Because... There are certain, uh, certain players who are locks to be here next year. As I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about all these different position players, these possible keepers for next spring, because in these, the next six weeks of development, theoretically, hopefully, you're finding people that you can trust and, or at least that you want to bring in and give a chance to win a job. And you think about what the roster will look like next spring with all this money off the books and we don't know how aggressive they'll be in free agency. Jed Hoyer has talked about wanting to contend quickly. Certainly Tom Ricketts has. Last week we talked to Sahadev Sharma, I think right here in this spot as a matter of fact, about the possibility of the Cubs signing Nicholas Castellanos should he opt out of the final two years of his contract with the Reds and what that would do to jumpstart the reload or the rebuild, or whatever we're calling it these days. But either way, no matter how many acquisitions there will be, some of these people are going to be back and have a chance to win jobs. Who do you like? I have nine players under consideration. And with all, all due respect to Frank Schwindel, I have not had him under consideration. Should I? You could tell me if, if, if I should. He's got a history of, of production in the minor leagues, was the minor league player of the year for the Kansas City Royals, I believe, in 2018. And right now he's uh, making the most of an opportunity, hitting the hell out of the ball for the Chicago Cubs. But I look at this, I look at this, and I see Wilson Contreras as a lock to come back this year. He's making $6.65 million this year. He's got one more arbitration-eligible year left. He'll get a raise probably to 9 mil or 10 mil. He could be in trade conversations over the offseason. It's possible. Or you could bring him back and or try to sign him long term and let him be the emotional leader of your next batch. His work ethic is phenomenal. His passion is exemplary. Um, and he's gotten better and better as a defensive catcher along the way. Works very hard at it. Do they want to invest in him long term? I don't know. I suspect that he will not get an extension so they can keep their options open next year as the deadline approaches. That's what I suspect will happen with Wilson. But he is a lock to be here in the spring with a roster spot. If he's here. So I should say a lock for a roster spot if he hits spring training. Nico Horner is under salary control through 2025. 
and will be a part of this bunch. Assuming health, it's a lot of injuries this year for Nico Horner. A lot of nagging stuff, a lot of little things that have kept him out. And that's concerning, especially for a guy who got a lot bigger and a lot stronger last offseason. Came in with a, a much bigger trunk, a bigger, stronger bottom half. Can his frame not support that extra strength, that extra bulk? That's something for him to think about in this coming offseason. Nick Madrigal is under salary control through 2026 and will be, assuming health, your starting second baseman on opening day of 2022. And Nick Madrigal's a nice player. He is not uh, worthy of being the number four overall pick in a draft. So he was overdrafted. I do believe in that. But that is of absolutely no concern to the Cubs now. It bothered White Sox fans. It clouded their ability to evaluate him and accept him or not. But that is of no concern. We'll see if him being part of the acquisition cost for Craig Kimbrell is something that stands in the way of Cub fans accepting or not. But. Nick Madrigal's bat-to-ball skills are just remarkable. He will never strike out. He will make a ton of contact. If he could ever add a little power, then you've got something very, very special. But even if he doesn't, you've got, um, you've got either a top or a bottom-of-the-order hitter who will make a lot of contact. And remember this about Nico and Nick, that they are exactly the kind of offensive profiles that the Cubs have chased every trade deadline For the last five years, whether it's Daniel Murphy or Castellanos or Zobrist coming back from the uh, long time away dealing with his his personal situation. Got to get contact guys back this year when you've heard about Horner and Duffy not being a part of things and how damaging it was to not have them around. Now they'll have two young cost controlled guys in Horner and Madrigal who fit that profile in the lineup. And that is inherently a good thing. Absolutely. So those three to me are locks. If you want to hop in on any of this, feel free at 312-644-6767. Texture says, good morning. Why is everyone discussing baseball on a day after such a good quarterback performance? This is Hit and Run. It is the Scores Baseball Show. It airs from 9 until noon just about every Sunday morning during baseball season till 1130 today. And with all that said, I talked about Justin Fields at 940 because who am I? Who am I to stand in the way of Justin Fields conversation? And yes, for longtime listeners, that's right. I did allow Justin Fields to derail our baseball conversation. I think Patrick Wisdom comes back with a shot to make this team under salary control through 2026. Can you imagine if you found a multi-position, useful, righty power hitter in Patrick Wisdom who is going to get a ton of Rookie of the Year votes in the National League. So I think Wisdom comes back with a solid chance to make this team. And then the dude whose highlight you heard at the beginning, Rafael Ortega. Man, I don't care if he's 30. He hits the ball really, really hard. A lot. A ton. And Rafael Ortega is making the most of his opportunities. He's hitting 414 since the All-Star break. And he is just absolutely raking. Just, that's what he's done. 
And David Ross said this week about him, it doesn't matter what caliber pitcher is on the mound. He gives you a quality at bat. This is an opportunity he has grabbed, which has been really great for him, great for us. Ortega is hitting leadoff again in the lineup today. He's 30 years old. Made his MLB debut in 2012, has reached the big leagues with four different, actually I think it's five different organizations. So, you know, and I'm sure he doubted whether he was going to get a chance like this. But after the Cubs traded Jock Peterson, it's an opportunity for somebody to step up. Was it Marisnik? Was it Ian Happ? No, it was Rafael Ortega. He stepped up, claimed center field, and has ended up hitting leadoff and just been hitting the ball really, really hard. So, yeah, he's 30, but people can learn, right? People can grow. It can happen. And the opportunity seems to be standing right there for Ortega. So Ortega will be there. I am personally bummed to see Greg Dykeman go down to the minor leagues today. Jason Hayward activated and Greg Dykeman goes down. Dykeman has shown a fair amount of potential offensively. A lot of contact, not a ton of power. But a lot of contact and has not seemed outclassed to me, has not seemed overmatched to me. And I was hoping he was going to stay here and get a good long look. If anything, he'll be back up probably when rosters expand. And they just expand by a tiny bit now at the beginning of September. But I suspect Eichmann will be back then, if not before. And that's somebody who will come to spring training with a chance. There is... Um, I have two guys that you will probably bring back because they're low cost. They are versatile. They're under contract. It's sensible. That's Ian Happ, who's making $4.1 million this year, has two more arbitration eligible years. He does still have options. They could send him down. They have sent him down before to start 2019, and he didn't make it back to the big leagues until late July that year, as you may remember. Had a terrific season last year in the shortened year. But not a good finish. Last 19 games of last year was 11 for 72 with an OPS of 427. So his problems last year have carried over to problems all of this year. And he looks absolutely lost and broken at the plate, does Ian Happ. And it is troubling. Very troubling. I, you know, this organization has shown you a willingness to be ruthless in recent months and years, but really recent weeks even, moving on from those traded guys, uh, non-tendering Kyle Schwarber, a former first-round pick, getting rid of Albert Almora, a former first-round pick, Ian Happ, a former first-round pick. I, I'm not saying that's what they'll do this offseason, but it is in play. But he's so flexible can play all over the place, is the union rep, is a very solid guy. So I suspect Ian Happ will come back, but certainly one to watch, and it's been a tough offensive year to watch, that's for sure. David Bodie makes $2.5 million next year. He will make $4 million in 2023. He will make $5.5 million in 2024. These are years guaranteed in the contract extension he signed a few years back. 
These are the theoretical big money years of that preemptive extension. They were supposed to provide the Cubs value for a player hitting his prime right now. And David Bodie was supposed to be massively underpaid based on his production next year and the year after that and the year after that. Big moment right here for Bodie, these weeks of exposure to playing time. And I think he gets a very fair shake next year in the spring. And then we'll see where things stand after that. But it's a lot of uh, it's a relative large sum to be locked in on David Bodie for the next few years as it compares to the rest of the payroll. We'll see what it's like. And then the guy I have not mentioned is the Albatross financially, and that is Jason Hayward, who's back now, makes $22 million for each of the next two years. He is a 10 years in the big leagues, five years with one team guy, which means he can veto any trade anywhere, and it'll be one of the more um, compelling and perhaps awkward relationships to watch. Cubs and Hayward over the next couple years, what kind of role he will have for a terrific guy, obviously a clubhouse leader who does amazing things off the field and an absolute pros pro who offensively has given you very, very little. Um, I, I felt this way before yesterday, but Sergio Alcantara is useful, but not somebody to invest in. Brutal game for him last night with the three errors. That can happen, but I, I don't think Alcantara is necessarily a keeper that you get excited about. Matt Duffy gives me fever. I have Matt Duffy fever, but you have Nico and Madrigal to provide that offensive profile in a, uh, in a much more cost-effective, younger, and more versatile package. So that, those are my thoughts on the potential keepers on this Cubs roster. Texter's getting in at 312-644-6767. I'm done with Hap. Switch hitter that can't hit righty. Big loopy swing, fast but doesn't run the bases well. All the tools never put it together. Just another Corey Patterson. Oof. Oof. Texter says about Ortega, I like that he makes contact and hard contact. I don't care if he's 30. He makes hard contact. I agree. Texter says, I really like Schwindel and Wisdom locking down corners with Wilson behind the plate, Madrigal and Horner in the middle. Need pitching and outfielders this winter. Lots and lots and lots of pitching. We'll see what happens as Justin Stone and Keegan Thompson get tryouts in the rotation over the next six weeks. We'll see what happens with those guys. Albert Alzali, an unfortunately timed injury as he continues his season of development. But, you know, there are things to watch if you can bring yourself to watch. And I know some of you cannot. Texter said, um, you know, that's me now. What I was talking about from uh, people just kind of walking away and leaving it. Texter says, first time I've walked away in three decades. See y'all in two to three years. I don't think they're going to make you wait that long. I don't think they will make you wait that long. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Ben in Queens on 670 The Score. Hello, Ben. How are you? All right. First of all, okay, you said you were in the studio. I didn't get that out of you, but that's okay. 
Uh, I believe also that his name is Justin Steele. What did I say? I think said Jason? Justin Stone. I think he said Justin, Justin Stone. Stone. Anyway. Justin Stone. Justin Stone is the director of hitting for the Chicago Cubs farm system. So forgive me. Justin Steele. Yes, sir. Okay. And, and just for the record, too, I always finish every phone call saying I love you. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not, you're not the only one. So listen, you know, I, uh, scoreheads will know that this is the time of season where Bruce Levine gets all persnickety about the loss column. And if you look at the Cubs, man, they're tied for third for the MLB draft right now. And the Cubs have shown you that they draft players who are ready for Major League Baseball. Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Ian Happ. I know he's been, you know, on and off. Nico Horner. That's what they do. They don't develop them in the minor leagues. They give them a spot in the lineup, and they say, go for it, kid. Um, so if if the Cubs are picking third uh, next year, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Now, as far as the keepers go, I think Patrick Wisdom and his 900 OPS is somebody that you can keep, you know, at least give him a chance. You know, I'm looking here at the Cubs' salary, looking forward, uh, looking going for next year. Forty $40 million, man. They can buy yeah. themselves a new team. You know, what, what I want to know is, and, and this this really puzzled me, Speaks. I want to get your – man, the Trey Turner, the, the Dodgers, I was like, what is that, man? Is a – are they going to do trade? Are they going to go with Trey Turner for the shortstop and let Corey Seager go? Because I mean, you could have yourself a nice shiny new shortstop. You could get Carlos Correa. You could get uh, Corey Seager. You could, you know, you got all these millions of dollars with the marquee. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. I know I'm the most optimist Cubs fan east of the Poconos, and I will always be that. But you know, there's uh, there's plenty of things to look forward to. I'm looking forward to Justice. I'm looking forward to Keegan Thompson. I'm, I'm looking look forward you. to look you know, at I- you, Ben. You're the one. Who knew? I had no idea. Thank you for the call, Ben. I had no idea Ben was that guy, that optimistic about about Cubs things. You are right about the money. They're gonna have a ton of freedom to spend, and we'll see how high the payroll goes. But they're not gonna stay down in that. You know. I don't think they're going to stay in like a 60, 70, 80 million range. I think they're going to think they're going to spend on some guys and maybe it will be one or two long-term deals of guys who they want to be here next time. The bones of the championship team are good um, as Jed Hoyer put it in the off season, but they're also going to sign a ton of like middle-class free agents that could either be keepers or be sign and flips like Jack Peterson. They're going to sign a lot of those guys, $8 million one-year deals, uh, $15 million two-year deals, that kind of thing. Guys, you could still be flipped, and maybe there'll be a lot of one-year contracts, but we'll see. Trying to figure out, taking a flyer on people. The Dodgers, I think, are going to let Trey Turner play shortstop and allow Corey Seager to walk away. It's absolutely what's going to happen. And Kyle Seager, his brother, is has one more year to go at 15 mil. I wonder if they want to play together somewhere, like the Romines did here. Anyway, it, it's going to be a very interesting process, and I don't think, and they've said it, I don't think they want to go a long time before they're competitive again. Thank you to my guest today, Jack McMullen. Thank you to my producer today, Sean Anderson. Thank you so much to all of you callers, all of you texters and tweeters. Uh, Just a pleasure and an honor, frankly, to talk baseball with you guys every Sunday morning. And um, Zach Zaidman coming your way along with Bruce Levine. They have the call. 
for Cubs and Marlins. Mike Esposito as your pregame in a matter of moments. I'm back tomorrow as part of Parkinson Spiegel at 2 o'clock and all week long. Have a great rest of your beautiful Sunday afternoon, people. Thanks so much for listening. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.